What's up, we got a memo podcast listeners. We're back at ya, starting things off with a little bit of scrimshaw milk carton for you. A little, little taste for you in case you forgot what it's tasted like. But no Xavier tonight, so it's just me, Roland, and John. Roland may have to leave early because he has plans. But we're here. We are, I don't even know how many days, but this week, the NFL is back with the Hall of Fame game, starting with the Broncos at the Falcons. First game of the season. It is the first game of many until February 8th, 2020, which is the Super Bowl. So football's back, baby. Teams have reported to camp. We got, uh, like I said, the game on August 1st on Thursday at 8 p.m. on NBC. If you're looking for good football, sorry. It's not going to be this game. But at least it's back. At least, you know, you get those tidbits of your team. You know, back in action, you get hope that your rookies are doing great, uh, players coming back from injuries, and unfortunately, players getting injured. But nevertheless, it's all part of the fact that football is back. I have Roland and John with me here today. Um, We're going to hit NFL first, and then when Roland leaves, or if he's still here, depending on when we're done, we're going to talk about the... John, was it the USA Track Championships? USA TF Championships. So, yeah, this qualified a lot of people for the World Championships. Yeah, so it's not the Olympics, but it's like the biggest... It's like the Olympics if it's not the Olympics. Every The best in the world is going to be at these meets. Um, so this is basically comparable to the Olympic trials for the Olympics as... This championship is for Worlds. So John and I are going to talk about that, what we saw. Um, But we're going to start with football. Specifically, it's the beginning of training camp, and every year there are players holding out. So there are some big names holding out right now. We're going to do a little game called Pay or Play. Either pay the players or play their little game of holding out. And I'm going to ask these guys and myself... If we were the GMs of these teams, if the owner of these franchises came to us and said, what is your plan for these players? That's our answer. So we're going to go through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players, give our thoughts real quick or as long as we want on whether we would pay them, whether we'd hold out and make them and find them until they show up, give them a new contract. Franchise tag them, trade them, whatever. It's up to them. Um, John, give us what you got. Roland, give us what you got. We're going to start with um, one of the bigger names, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, on my one of my fantasy teams. Okay. W- what's wrong? You want to start with someone else? I, no, that's fine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> we can start with another player. I just... Think- no, no, we're good. Alright, so Ezekiel... That's the only one I know. <laughs> that's a, well, this is fine. I'll, you can, here's who we're going to hit. We're going to hit Chris Jones, Zeke Elliott, Jadavian Clowney, Melvin Gordon, Michael Thomas, Trent Williams, and Yannick Ngakwe. So you just get, keep that in the back of your brain. 
get get the wheels turning, but we're going to start with Zeke Elliott. Um, his contract details, he was a... So he got a, basically a fully guaranteed contract. He was drafted number four overall by Dallas in 2016. He has two years left on his contract. He's got $12 million left. And I'm trying to... I, I'm not... I'm no cap expert. But, so his base salary... This is the important number. His cap number for 2019 is 8000000 7.9, I rounded up. His cap number for 2020 is $9 million. So he's looking for a new deal two years out. Roland, do you pay Ezekiel Elliott or do you play this game? And keep in mind, on NFL.com, I'm going to open this article, but the headline is... Jerry, colon, you don't need a rushing champ to win a Super Bowl. So, if Jerry Jones comes to you, Roland, and he says, Roland, I got this problem with Zeke. I don't know what to do. Help me out. What are you doing? Uh, I wish you would, because I have an answer for him, and that's uh, play the game. Um, Listen, Ezekiel Elliott, this is his third season in the NFL uh, he's good, he's great, uh, but you don't have that type of leverage, you know, if it's a veteran, like, like I'm sure when we get over to, towards Melvin Gordon or something, um, my, my answer might be different, but, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is, yeah, he's a great player, but the fact that he wants a contract halfway through his rookie contract uh he he's looking for more money um it just it doesn't make any sense to me um why the cowboys would do this i feel like it sets a bit of a precedence if they do go ahead and do it uh and then it's going to be something that you start seeing it's already something that we see often uh people want insurance for their injuries going into their contract years and stuff like that which is totally understandable uh, but the fact that he is still on his rookie contract, it just it, it doesn't make any sense to me why the Cowboys would make this move. Uh, now, you know, things are run a little bit differently down in Dallas uh, than what uh, I'm used to as a Patriots fan. Um, I can tell you right now there's no way in heck uh, Bill Belichick would even – listen to any of these talks by Zeke Elliott. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I was listening, when, when we first, this, this, this story first broke out, I, you know, saw a clip by Colin Cowherd talking about it, and uh, one of the things that he pointed out was that the NFL is not the NBA. Uh, there are great running backs every year in the draft. Uh, wherever your pick is, you can always find some type of running back uh, that will be able to go out and perform day one. I mean, if you look at last year's draft, the Patriots picked up Sony Michelle from University of Georgia, and that was with the 31st pick in the draft. <laughs> So, or actually, that was the 28th pick in the draft. So, you know, and 
he's he was a huge part of our running game this year. Like, like you don't need the number one pick or the number two pick or anything like that to get a good running back in the NFL. You know, you may not get Saquon Barkley, but but you can find Philip Lindsay undrafted. Exactly. Yeah, running backs go undrafted all the time. Uh, they go late rounds. They go middle. I mean, it it really just depends on the team's needs and all that. Uh, but there's no shortage of running backs. And the fact that Ezekiel Elliott, you know, especially, and I don't think that, I don't know how much this should actually be factored into his contract, but he has a lot of off-the-field issues. I think it absolutely um, has to be factored in. He's been suspended once. If he And he had another run-in with the law again this offseason. So if he gets more trouble, is that a bigger suspension? Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's one of the... I mean, it's certainly one of those things that I would take into account, but there's always jokes being made about how the Cowboys will take anybody. Um, Jerry Jones will take anybody. He's certainly... Uh, is you know is is willing to give second chances and and stuff to players. So, uh, but you know the fact that a player is coming to you and you know asking for that much money halfway through a rookie contract, it just it doesn't make any sense. Like I don't see why you would do it. You know I. I don't know. I don't get where he feels he gets the leverage, uh, and I don't get why the Cowboys would do something like would would even you know consider the option. Right. So, um, John, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on this? Listen, yeah, I didn't realize it was through his rookie contract. I am all for coaches, GMs, owners putting players in their place, so to speak. Like, nobody is bigger than the team, at least in my opinion. And with, with the fact that running backs are undrafted, you just play the game. The man's in Cabo. So I wouldn't even... Yeah, the man's in Cabo currently during this holdout. Sure, it says he's training, but don't, like, just, I guess in your words, play the game, but just let him hold out. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play, and then cut him. Yeah, so I'm with you guys. I uh, I wouldn't cut him. I I would either fine him, because that's up to the team. They can fine him. Or, uh, I didn't know that was an option. No, it's okay. Um, cut him, trade him, whatever. Um, Roland, would you trade him? And if so, who do you think would trade for him? Because... If you ask me, and a lot of other people have said this, Zeke's value right now is as high as it may ever be. That's a that's a tough question. Um, yeah, I mean it. It depends. I wouldn't trade him right now. Obviously, you know it's still training camp. Uh, I probably wouldn't even consider trading him through the preseason. But uh, you know, if if you get to like. You know, there were, there was a certain point last year with Le'Veon Bell holding out that he got to the point where you were like, okay, like he's definitely not coming back this season, uh, and the Steelers don't need him. Uh, so it really just depends on on 
you know, what, what his value looks like, but I would definitely, you know, I wouldn't cut him because he's still a great player. You, you could still get something out of it. Um, and you have to pay him anyways. Huh? You, you, you're gonna, it's gonna take a cap hit anyway, so you might as well keep him on your roster as trade bait, or, you know, fine him, and he won't get paid. Like, Le'Veon Bell didn't get paid last year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the only thing about, like, you know, that, that really sucks is, is that that not only hurts, you know, his trade stock for the team, like, I felt Le'Veon Bell's trade stock took a hit for the Steelers. The fact that you didn't see him play at all last year, and you know, it's like, okay, well, he's had a whole year off from football now. You know, how how good is he going to be when he comes back? So that's one of the things that kind of hurts your draft stock the longer, or sorry, your trade stock, the longer he holds out um, because he's further removed. And then uh, as far as teams that should take him, um... Because you got to keep in mind you get all his potential off-field stuff, and not only do you have to give up probably valuable assets to get him, you also got to sign him as well. So is there a team out there that needs a running back? Maybe a Houston, maybe a Tampa Bay, maybe a team that has an injury coming up. Um, (laughs) No, you're good. But, you know... Why trade, for example, a second-round pick for Zeke Elliott, which may not be enough. I'm just saying that as an example. Why use a second-round pick on Zeke when you could get a running back in the sixth round next year and take a great offensive tackle if you're Houston in the second round? Uh, all fair questions. You right. Know, it, there's, I mean, you know, unless you're... You're really in need of a running back right now. You really feel that you can make a push for the playoffs and, and win your division. Um, you know, it just depends on what your team's needs are. Um, maybe how's David Johnson doing? I think he's okay. I think he's good. And okay. they they just paid him too. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe. Like Seattle, uh, you know, one of the, one of those, uh, maybe L.A., you know, I don't know if they plan on, on rolling with, with the, the same duo that they had, uh, but, you know, Todd Gurley's knees are a little bit questionable. Yeah, but they're um, paying him, too, but I, I know what you mean, I know what you mean. Yeah, so, it just depends on whether or not you think you can win your division. Uh, I was thinking Tampa Bay, you know, they've got... Uh, yeah. Exactly. Who Tampa did they have? Bay, yeah. It's, it's probably the one that, that came to mind. Maybe. Maybe Miami, but I. Right. Yeah. They have some young running backs. So, bottom line, I think we're all in agreement. We would not pay him right now. And something we didn't mention was you're going to have to pay Dak and you're going to have to pay Amari Cooper. You got an expensive O-line. You're going to eventually have to pay your new running backs, Byron Jones, your corner. I just think, and Colin Coward said this too, you got a lot of players you're going to have to pay. And running back, just you can find value in good players elsewhere. 
Um, Adam Lefko mentioned Alfred Morris. He's decent back. Hasn't made $7 million in his career. So just to show you, you can get good talent elsewhere. Um, all right, let's move on. Roland, since you're the one who has to head out, is there a player that we are going to talk about that you want to get to next? Uh, just go for it. All right. Uh, we'll stick with the position. We'll go with Melvin Gordon to give you the numbers. This is He's entering the fifth year of his contract. He is owed uh, $5.6 million, um, and he's holding out for a new deal. He was drafted one or in round one, 15 overall in 2015 to the L.A. Chargers. And, yeah, like I said, 5.6 on his fifth-year option. Excuse me. This is last year. What do you guys think? We'll start with you, Roland. Just right off the bat, what do you think? Uh, wow, I didn't realize that he was he was drafted in 2015. Yeah, because he was injured um, for a, f- a number of games, so you don't realize how much he's been in the, how long he's been in the league. Yeah, wow. Uh, okay. Because I was like, you know, he's been in it for longer than than Zeke. He's, in my opinion, I think Melvin Gordon's a better running back. You know, as far as you know, stats wise and has you know his production on the field. But that you know might also have to do with the Chargers' offense being better than the Cowboys' offense altogether. Anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. The real big difference here for me is the fact that it's his last year on his contract um, versus Ezekiel Elliott having two years left on his. Uh, um, you know, Melvin Gordon, I, I mean, the, the running back position, you know, is not is not immune to injuries and stuff like that, and I know that's that that we always see is, is players nowadays is players wanting that insurance into their contract year. Um, so I think it's totally reasonable that he would want his re- contract redone. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I, just, I don't get the sense that, that he's going to be the type of guy that holds out for the whole season. Like Le'Veon was, or, like how I could see Zeke uh, being, you know, maybe the preseason and, and a couple games or something, but he doesn't really seem like the type of player that would, you know, leave his team out to dry like that. Um, especially since the Chargers are a good team. I mean, they put they, they've had great seasons and been underwhelmed or a little underwhelming at times, uh, but that's only because, you know, Denver's been a great team in the past decade, and and so are the Chiefs. Uh, so, you know, they, they've kind of had a bit of a tough division. Um, you know, they, they certainly want to try and get him back. So, um, I would, I would probably pay him. John? I would have to go and defer to you two because I, other than Ezekiel Elliott, I have not heard of any of these players. All right. 
No worries. <laughs> um, so as we keep moving through them, I'll like set the stage for you a little bit. Okay. Just to give your, you know, just to give your little thoughts. For me, Roland, I agree with you. I would pay him. On the fact that Philip Rivers is getting older, and I would think Philip Rivers would be more inclined to take less to keep Melvin Gordon. And even if, let's say they give him, you know, he plays on this five and a half million dollar deal and gets a three year, or let's say a five year extension, three years of it is guaranteed. In those three years, you know, you got Philip Rivers or you draft a young quarterback and he's cheap too. So I think you just pay him, um, one, because he's a good player, he can help the team, take some pressure off. Philip Rivers, in the playoffs, he can run the ball, which is what you got to do, and then help transition to a younger quarterback. Whereas, like, Zeke, with two years left, if he were to play, get injured, miss a year, he still has one more year left to prove himself. Melvin Gordon doesn't have that, so I kind of understand Melvin's holdout more than Zeke Elliott's. So I think we're in agreement. I'm not coming off as biased, but I definitely am. I I am a and Melvin Gorman and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, keep moving. We're going to move to Michael Thomas. So Michael Thomas is a is the top wide receiver in New Orleans. He was drafted in 2016 in the second round. So the cash he was paid in 2016 was 2.3 million. 2017 was almost 700k, 2018 900k, and he's scheduled to make 1.1 million dollars in 2018. He's looking for a contract around 20 million per year, and uh, he, like I said, he's the number one target in New Orleans. You, you could very easily say he has outperformed his contract as a second rounder, and he's just looking to get paid. Um, and like, unlike the first two guys we talked about, being a second rounder, he does not get five-year deals or a fifth-year option. It is just four years um, and then the next contract. So what do you guys think? Roland, John, whoever wants to start, what do you guys think? You can go first this time, John. Great. Because I... Thank you for the background information, Michael. Yeah. Helps a newbie like me. Uh, I still don't pay him. Interesting. Okay. Because if he um, if he continues to outperform being a second round draft or second round draft pick and continues being the top guy, why would he be worried about you know why would he be worried about his situation and not receiving the money that he's already been promised? Four years, five years, isn't that? long of a time or that big of a difference and so I would say don't pay him and on the player side you're already the top top target why are you you know yeah so more if you already have less security of being the top target so it just doesn't seem I don't understand why they would pay him more yeah I totally get where you're coming from maybe this will change your opinion these guys are holding out because they're looking for that long-term guaranteed money. Because in the NFL, if, if Michael Thomas you know, were to play out his contract, 
at and he stays healthy, he would get paid, no doubt. Right. But if he were to tear his ACL, for example, in the preseason, tear his Achilles, you know, break his leg halfway through the year, he would not get that money in his next contract. So they're playing for that long-term guarantee uh, uh. because in the NFL, your career can end instantly. Ryan Chazier, career probably over. Right. So, so that's what they're fighting for. And you got to think, you know, is Drew Brees getting older? Are you going to want to keep a top target like Michael Thomas? Are you going to want to let a top target go that you've developed for four years and he's grown to one of the better receivers in the league? I don't know. It's hard. I just still, I'm still staying on the. Given that context, yeah, I still think I would not pay him. All right. What about you, Roland? Stick to your guns, John. <laughs> what? Uh, I said stick to your guns, John. Yeah. This is I. I definitely think that this one's a lot harder than the other two. Um. I mean. Also, before you go, Roland, I will say the Saints have released wide receiver Cameron Meredith after one year. Okay. Um, yeah, it's this is a this is a tough. I mean, he has been an absolute monster for the Saints so far, and. Um, I don't know. I like. I don't want pay players with two years left on their contract because I feel like, like I've said, it sets precedent. Um, he's not. He's on his last year right now. The wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I would. Uh, the. He's performed. He's definitely. He's. I feel like he's earned it. Um, you know, make sure that that nobody else can give him an offer. Um, you know, and if they do, if they want him, they have to come through you. Um, it's yeah. I. He's he's someone that I would pay. I, he led the league in receptions in twenty eight. I mean, that's crazy. And and like you know, Drew Brees is. You know, aside from Patrick Mahomes, is probably. I mean, what did he get? What was that record he he got last season? It was all-time passing yards leader. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so I mean, and he did it, and I mean, he's been in since oh two thousand oh oh three or oh four, maybe. It might be two thousand. I'm not sure. But, but he, I mean, you know, he did it time demanding. Um, you know, he's he's definitely one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, and you know that they could have gone to the Super Bowl here. And I feel that they're just as every bit of a favorite to go to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, so, I mean, I, give them the money. Uh you know, make sure that, that you lock them up. Yeah. I'm with you, Rowan. One, 
I don't know who else you're paying on the Saints besides Drew Brees. Two, kind of same scenario as Phillip Rivers. Drew Brees getting older. I would pay Michael Thomas. I would pay Alvin Kamara because are you telling me having those two guys on your team won't help the next quarterback? I don't think so. I think you re-signed Michael Thomas, big-time wide receiver. I think he's earned it. It's about time he got paid, and I hope he does. All right, this one's a little bit different. We're talking Trent Williams of the Washington Redskins. He is holding out for a trade. I mean, his contract goes through 2020, so he, he has two years left. But he's holding out because he has said he does not trust Bruce Allen and the medical staff at the Washington Redskins. So it's a little different. Um, he's set to make his cap hit will be over $14 million the next two years if they were to just release him. Now, granted, this guy is one of the best left tackles in football. And if you're the Redskins, I don't think he's going to play for you and Bruce Allen and that medical staff. So this one's easy for me. I trade him, try to get something for him, some asset. You're obviously not making the playoffs this year. You're a young team. Start the rebuild earlier than you wanted. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's definitely different than, you know, trying to make sure you got money coming in. Like, he's he's concerned about his safety uh, and the, the expertise of the medical staff. Um, you know, if it was about money, I would I would say, you know, play his game, see if he holds out. Uh, but Yeah, I don't yeah, think that's... it's about money because he was a first-round pick. He's been paid from 2010. The cash paid is... 5.3 million, 13.5, 12 million, 6 million, 9 million, 15.5, 15.4, 11.4, 15 and 10.2. So he's made money. This is just yeah. a lack of trust. Yeah, I mean, yeah, trade him. You know, try and get something good. You could probably honestly get like a, I don't know, a third round? At least. At least. At least. A good left tackle? Probably. You know, probably a, I, I mean, yeah, like a third, fourth round or something like that. Uh, or maybe even two third rounds. I don't even know. Um, but, yeah, I would I would try and get as much as you can out of them. Because I don't, like you said, I don't think he's going to play. Right. John, do you have any input you want to add? I do not. Okay. No problem. Sorry, I'm just looking stuff up for the track and field segment. Not a problem. Alright. Uh, let's move to Yannick Ngakwe. He was drafted in the third round of the 2016 draft to Jacksonville. And so he's made $2.6 million in the last year of his deal. He wants a new contract. He's a pass rusher for the Jaguars. And I want to... Th Roland, this is for your comparison before you go. He was drafted in 2016. We're going to compare his numbers to Dante Fowler Jr., who was drafted a year earlier by the same team, number three overall. So Dante Fowler Jr. Ha had a big contract. We're going to say roughly uh, $25 million drafted number three overall. That's just rough. That's not certain. Yannick Ngakwe, like I said, 
has made 2.6. Now, Dante Fowler in 83 games. Sorry. Is that right? <laughs> Sorry, that... Now, granted, he missed his first year with the torn ACL. Achilles? He tore something on his first back. Okay. Fowler? Yeah, he's played in 47 games. He's recorded 19, 16 sacks. Okay, not great. Yannick Ngakwe has started... Wait, well, this loads, sorry. 48 games. So, comparable games. Yeah. 29 and a half sacks. Okay. What, you, you paying this man? Or you playing this game? Keeping in mind, you just drafted, or just signed Nick Foles to a big contract, and you got Jalen Ramsey looming in the back end on another contract. Well, I think you can let Jalen Ramsey go. <laughs> That's a whole whole other podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll get there, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he's gonna be the other guy you got. Like, is he their best? Mm-hmm. Well, him and Calais Campbell. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I would pay him. You just got Nick Foles. Um, you know, they definitely... I think the Texans... Everybody thinks that the Texans are going to regress a bit this year. Uh, the Titans are still in purgatory. Uh, the Colts, I think, are going to be on an upswing. Um, so... But, like, you know, Jacksonville was doing good things with Blake Bortles as their quarterback. So, you know, this is a, this is a talented team, and if you get the right guy in there, uh, you could probably win some games. So, uh, and I've always thought that the AFC East is, you know, you can win that with, like, a 10-6 and six record, uh, or maybe even a a nine and seven record sometimes. So, uh, I would pay him, try and win your division. Anything, John? No, sir. All right. That's all right. Um, I'm with you, Roland. I think once you have a quarterback, I think you got to pay people to get the other quarterbacks, especially when you're facing Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck. Marcus Mariota, who's not the best, but he can still play. I think you got to get guys that can get after the quarterback and help you win what will be a very competitive and tough decision. So I'm with you. I think I think you got to pay him. All right. Let's move on. We're going to move to Jadevian Clowney, who drafted number one overall in, I want to say, 2014. He's played out his full five-year contract. He has been franchise-tagged by the Texans, meaning if he were to sign it, he would be guaranteed $16 million for one year. He's, made, he's so far made $35.5 million, 
set to make 16 more million this year. He's holding out, wants that long-term guaranteed money, outside pass rusher for Houston. Maybe not the sack numbers you want from a pass rusher, but he's one of the best rush defenders in the league. Roland, do you pay him or do you play the game? This one's tough because it, it reminds me a lot of the Le'Veon Brown or Le, Le'Veon Brown, Le'Veon Bell uh, situation. You know, he's one of the one of the best in the league. Uh, you know, he's been franchise tagged before. Uh, the other thing is, you know, everybody hates the franchise tag, but like sixteen million is <laughs> that's good money. I mean. You know, at least, at least, you know, from our perspective, I don't know how much he makes normally, but um, you know, I think that just go ahead and pay him. I mean, wow. Yeah, I don't know. It it's just I know that he's good. Um, Texans have a great defense, um, and Deshaun Watson is the future down in, down there in Houston. So, I mean, yeah, I think that you can you can find someone else in the draft, or from you know trading or, or free agency or whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't, this is the one that I've, I've felt the least confident about but uh, yeah I'll just go ahead and say pay him <laughs> okay John what do you do you want to add anything I also agree if he's one of your key players um, and you're afraid of regressing this year I would say pay for the security. Interesting. See, I'm 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 gonna disagree with you guys. I, I trade them. I trade them. You know, th- so they're paying them sixteen million this year. I don't think they're gonna franchise tag him again because that's just another twenty million. And you got Deshaun Watson. You got to pay coming up, and you might have to pay. Um, a free agent tackle to protect him. I think you trade him, you get some draft picks for him, and you save that money for an offensive tackle that they desperately need to, to protect Deshaun Watson. You still got J.J. Watt, you got Whitney Merciless, and I, I, I think you, I think you trade him. Trade him to Buffalo. We'll take him. <laughs> We got we got cap room to spare. We just we got Josh Allen for four more years. We'll take him. That's just an example. I th- I th- I think you trade him. Dang it, one and six. It's okay. All right, last guy we have is uh, you're fine. It's Chris Jones. Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs was drafted in the second round, thirty-seven overall, defensive tackle. Arguably their best defensive player last year with a D Ford. 
Um, so this guy is a beast in the middle. Like I said, came in the second round, career earnings $5 million. He's in the last year of his deal. He wants an extension. With Patrick Mahomes coming, he's got three, two years left on his contract. Tyreek Hill, maybe looking for a payday. Is Travis Kelsey looking for a payday? Don't know. You just signed Frank Clark. You just signed the Honey Badger. What do you guys think? You guys paying them or playing this game? Well, he looks like he just checked in the training camp, so... Uh, Did he? Play the game. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, sh I guess I should have done my research. <laughs> yeah, I was totally going to say play the game, too. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, he is headed to camp. All right, so maybe it's a little different, but he is heading to camp. But I think he made it known he wants a new deal. Yeah. Okay. He uh, says they're going to happen in the coming weeks and months. All right, so... He So he had 15 and a half sacks last year, a sack in 11 straight games. So he's in camp. Um, so I guess this conversation is kind of pointless now, but I still think you'd pay him, and I'll tell you why. Like I said, Pat Mahomes is going to get paid soon. It kind of seems like they're not going to extend Tyreek Hill with all the stuff going on. They drafted me Cole Hardman in the second round, kind of as his replacement of speed guy. I think you pay him, and I think you pay him big up front so that these next few years, while Mahomes is still on his rookie contract, you can pay this man. And then by the time it's time to extend Mahomes, you've paid this guy the big money, and who knows, maybe he'll buy in and be like, Mahomes is going to lead us to a Super Bowl. I'll take less so we can keep him, keep some other players, and get a Super Bowl. I think you pay this man Pair him with Frank Clark, get a, a nasty defense, maybe maybe make the Super Bowl in the upcoming years, but I think you pay him. Anyone ever tell you you should run an NFL franchise? No, not yet. <laughs> well, consider this the first one. What do you think this podcast is for, huh? This is my audition tape. I'm just kidding. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I dig that. I like, he's not holding out, you know, he's working with the team trying to you know he's still showing up to camp and all that and, and he's still trying to get his contract worked out like like what happened to those days why did we start getting into all these holdouts and everything and people aren't going to show up if unless they you know get their money and all that so shout out to this guy yeah all right um so yeah that's all the big holdouts i can think of those are definitely some of the biggest names, and those are big names. You got a lot of first-rounders wanting big money. Obviously, some second-rounders, Michael Thomas, a third-rounder, Yannick Ngakwe, but these guys want their money. Um, and to be honest, I, I want them to get paid. We, we obviously discussed this from you know the team's perspective, but the owners are billionaires, and these guys are millionaires. Billionaires, they can afford it. Um, unfortunately, in NFL, it is a hard cap, so unlike the NBA, you can't exceed, you know, the NFL cap, unlike the NBA, where you can go into luxury tax, or baseball, there's no cap at all. 
Um, so in football, you can't sign everyone. You got to pick who you want to pay, what positions you want to play. So it's hard. Um, some of these decisions come back and bite them, but sometimes it turns out to be a good decision. One thing for sure, whatever move Bill Belichick makes, it's always a good decision, looking back. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, let's see, anything in the NBA? Not much going on there. I'm not following baseball. The only other thing that I have been interested in is the USA Track and Field Outdoor Championships. And John, it's your time to shine, buddy. What do you got for us? I've got a lot. Michael, where do you want to start? Do you want to start talking about specific races, overall themes and takeaways from the weekend? Uh, let's do uh, overall thoughts. Your overall thoughts, what you thought, and then um, you know I'll go into some results, like the big races, maybe some names people will recognize, right. and then just uh, lasting impressions, I guess. But I, I want you to take the head on this one. Great. Overall takeaways... We say this a lot here on the podcast. Granted, we've only been doing this for a little less than a year, but if this is this is the time to get into being a fan of the sport of track and field. It's hard to. It really is, and I will be one of the first people to acknowledge that. Like, it can be hard to jump in when you don't know it. But- and, and just to jump off that, John, real quick, it's hard because it's not on TV. Right. And you have to pay either, like, $60 for the NBC track and field pass, which is outrageous, or you have to subscribe to, like, FlowTrack online, which is also a lot of money. And so... And it's only on NBC for, like, an hour a night. Right. So. Yeah. It's It's hard. really hard to jump into it because of the how specific it is. But if you look at the numbers, track and field and cross country are among the highest percentage of like high school participation. So odds are you or you knew somebody or your kid did, is, or will participate in track and field. And so it's to cultivate the sport and passion for the sport, you gotta in you know companies have to, you know, invest in in the sport. Specific races and names, I think this is a great transition point in track and field because you have old hats like Justin Gatlin who used to compete against, you know, was, who was slower than Usain Bolt, but he's, you know, a big name. But now you have other names like Christian Coleman, who's out of college, crushing it. You have Noah Lyles in the 200, who's training for the 100 next year in Tokyo. And these guys are the personalities that are going to carry our sport forward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I remember we grew up with Tyson Gay, Justin Gatlin, and yeah. even Riley, Ryan Bailey in one year. I think it was 2012 London in the 100s. Mm-hmm. Those guys, they're kind of they're kind of gone. It's now the Christian yeah. Coleman show. It's the Michael Rogers it's, and Noah Lyles in the 200. You're right. You are not a. If you don't know who Noah Lyles is, Google him, look him up, look up his races on YouTube, follow him on Instagram. He's just a likable guy. He's hilarious. Has the showmanship. 
he's the fourth fastest person in history at the age of 20, you know, to run the 200 meter. He ran like a 19.55, which puts him... I think it was a 19.5 flat, actually. Oh, man. So that puts him behind Usain Bolt, Johan Blake. I'm pretty sure it's Michael Johnson. I think it is Michael Johnson. It's him, Noah Lyles, at the age of 22. He's so funny. He dyed his hair partially silver, saying that when I get to Worlds, I'm going to go all silver because that's what Goku does when he gets to his final form. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's just like, it's great to see the passion because that's just what drives these athletes. To prove that point, you have to look at the women's 3,000-meter steeplechase. The winner, Emma Coburn, spoiler alert, she had a bye because she's the reigning world champion. So she had automatic entry into Doha, which is where the next world championships will be in September. So she didn't have to compete, but she chose to anyway and just crushed the competition. She went out strong and then just dominated, which is a race to watch, and that proves the love of the sport, love of competition, love of the process, and displays the heart that I think almost any track and field athlete has to have. One of my favorite races, I was having a tough day yesterday, but when I watched this one, I leapt out of my chair, was the men's 5,000, where we had Lopez on. Yes. Uh, he won the 10K yep. on Friday night and won the 5K last night. And last boy from Sudan came here for high school, carried the Olympic flag in 2012. He's just a monster. And it was just fun to watch the tactics between him and one of our best runners, Paul, Paul Chalimo. It was tactif- tactical race. It was wonderful. But this is a household name, Allison Felix. Yeah. I'm going off. Fun fact. She is fun fact. She is my favorite USA track athlete. I remember watching her uh, in the Beijing Olympics, and she would dominate there. Maybe not getting the medals, but she would still dominate um, in London, in Rio, and then for her to be back is, I think, great for the sport. Um, but go ahead. I, I won't cut you off. I'll set the stage. She is. She came here to compete in the 400 as a tune-up for the Olympics, right? She wants to get back, make another Olympic team. Was Nike's premier track and field athlete. Is the most decorated track and field athlete of all time. One of her stats is... Out of... The United States has sent to in 2016. Uh, all right, here we go. She accumulated for one eighth of the medals earned by the U.S. men's and women's team. The like, whole team, or just the track medals. team? No, the whole team. Impressive. So if you count medals earned at the Olympics and World Championships from oh, here we go from 2011 to 2017. So there you have 2012 and 2016. You have two Olympics, 
plus two or three world championships, she has accounted for one-eighth of the medals earned by the U.S. team, men and women. So, she's a beast. She is. She shows up after having a baby eight months ago to compete, try to get a spot on the world championship team, and gets sixth in the final of the 400-meter race. She gets sixth, which qualifies her and puts her into the pool for the 4x4, the relay team. She's unsponsored and wore black kit, like, you know, black sports bra and compression shorts. black, all black uniform, no logos or sponsors on it. Because Nike dropped her after she was pregnant. Because Nike rushes their athletes to get back training, they won't pay their athletes until they, you know, compete again or start winning again, which is awful for the human body's recovery, and just can be emotionally traumatizing. Like, you have no income when you might need it most, and Nike has a market cap of almost $40 billion, and they can't support the most decorated track and field athlete in American history when she has a baby. I think that's awful on all accounts and granted nike has come out to talk about oh you know we are reworking our contracts but they you know made pause payment or something like that so it's important to really invest and protect you know pregnant athletes and women who just had their children because without track without allison felix who knew, you know, we would be medalists, we would not be the sport that we are, and she's just a badass to watch. She is. If you just go watch, go back and watch her from 2008, 2012, 2016, she just blazes the field in some, like in the, I want to say it was Rio's, sorry, maybe I shouldn't, it was one of her, the 200 gold she won. She just destroys the crowd. And the fact that she can do the 100, the 200, and the 400 is even more impressive because if anyone's ever run the 1 or 200, the 400's a different beast. It just is. And she can do it all, and she can win them all. She's part of gold medal 4x4 teams, 4x1 teams. She's just incredible. Um, so she definitely deserves to uh, you know, be sponsored by Nike for them to just kind of drop her after her, after you know supporting her for so long, it's it's very messed up. And I know John and I were very active on Twitter, you know, retweeting and liking things that were just like support Allison Felix and all that stuff because she deserves it. Um, yeah, all all of these women uh, track and field athletes who have been dropped by their sponsors because of this deserve it. Um, and I don't mean to do this, but like Allison Felix definitely deserves it you know what i mean like she like i said she's my favorite track and field athlete you know i like her more than uh tyson gay or noah lyles or christian coleman allison felix is my favorite track and field athlete yeah so it's been yeah it's been a hard fight and yeah proud of all the women that have been fighting like Kara goucher who's been a big activist um but big takeaways, like, it was just so much fun to watch on TV, watch on my laptop. It's, 
all about now investing in the future of track and field. You know, these athletes only make like $6,000 if they win a race. Yeah. Like, it's not much. They All this money comes from sponsorships and they most people live in like share a house live in community or live in a sponsorship you know training facility um and it's not a it is not a luxurious lifestyle so when i hear about oh ezekiel elliott you know all of these nfl players holding out to get you know 16 20 million dollars i'm like as a runner are you kidding me right like, we, 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 people would kill for that kind of money. Yeah. You know, ultra professional ultra runners live out of their cars in the summertime. It's uh, crazy, for sure. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause so you we don't lose any of our footage, but we'll be right back, pick things off right where we left off, um, and finish up talking more about USA Track and Field Championships. <laughs> 